Well, good afternoon, uh, folks, those on Christian Coffee Time and uh, those that are uh, dropping in to have a listen to uh, this study in the book of Revelation. Uh, glad to have you. My name is Paul. I'm a pastor, so they call me Pastor Paul. So I've been going through the book of Revelation. We're up to chapter 18 now. And we've been going through it, just looking at the high points and getting an understanding of the movement of the book and what's taking place and the main uh, parts and things like that. We did see that um, basically, basically you have your introduction in the first few chapters and into the seven uh, letters to the seven churches. And then we get into the revelation part or the, uh, uh, the future part of it with the uh, um, seven seals, which are not the wrath of God. It doesn't happen until after the sun is darkened. And that would be the set of trumpets and then, the, and then the bowls or the vials. And we're past that, but uh, in these chapters uh, 17 and 18, the Lord is just giving us information and showing us about the systems that will be in place. Uh, some of the systems are in place already and they will be added to in that when the Antichrist does come and take rule and such. We looked at the, uh, and saw that back in chapter 13, there was two beasts come upon the, the scene. Uh, one is what we, who we call the Antichrist. It's called the beast, and then there's the second beast, which is the false prophet. You have a religious system, the false prophet, and you have a political system with the Antichrist. And these things will work in tandem for a while, and we saw in the last chapter that the political system will turn against the religious system and destroy it and get rid of it. Now, chapter 18, excuse me, shows... Uh, some of the effects of that and, and the results and how it takes, takes place and all these things and, and the uh, uh, reactions of the people and things like that with this uh, being destroyed. Now in chapter 17 it was very clear to us and shows us that the woman who rides the beast is that city, that great city that sits on seven hills that persecutes the saints and the history have it has it's always done that uh, and there's number of uh, things there uh, that identify. We see that system today in, in a religious system that does those things. And here's the end of it here in chapter 18. The Lord's going to give the reward and such like that. So we're going to just get going here. Um, there's the, some of the background. Best background is go back to the previous chapters and look at the videos and compare them. Have your Bible open and compare it and make sure you have uh, some writing material so you can write down uh, things that are said, uh, particularly things where you have cross-references to other portions of Scripture. It's very important uh, for us to do that and see uh, how it builds on other portions and other portions come together and makes a whole picture for us. So we have here is chapter 18 of the book of Revelation, video number 34, The Fall of Babylon, the city being destroyed and those things that go along uh, with that. Back in chapter 17 it tells us in verse 16 that the ten kings that will rule the Antichrist that don't have power yet, it hasn't come to be, those that believe that the things of Revelation have already happened are, uh, are mistaken because these things haven't happened yet. There's not been the ten ruling kings upon the earth to be divided up into ten uh, regions or however you put it and they will rule with the Antichrist uh, says for an hour, for a short time. And they will turn on the religious system and destroy it. That the beast, the Antichrist, that he will be worshipped and him alone. Okay, 
He's not going to share that with anybody, so we see that will be taking place. I'd advise you to, if you're just coming in for the first time, to go back to the beginning. I know it's a lot of stuff to sift through, but once you get an understanding of what's happening uh, and how things move through this book, it's not difficult to understand how it's going and what's taking place. Well, let's just get into it and have a look here. In verse 1, we see another angel, another of the same kind of angel. Um, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great powers. A big, this is a powerful, powerful angel. Um, was it the sight of it or something taking place? We don't know. Uh, John says this is just what he saw. You remember, the Spirit of God will be guiding, would have guided John to write down the things that he wanted uh, John to write down. But uh, um, his personality can still come through. That's the wonder about the scriptures. Um, the earth was lightened with his glory. So we know that um, in uh, Luke chapter 2, is it, where uh, we have the scene where the Lord Jesus was born that, uh, that night in Bethlehem, and the shepherds were gathered around, and then the, uh, uh, there was a, it was like light. The angels came to them, it was all lightened around. There's one angel, and it says, the earth is lightened with his glory. This is a pretty important angel. Um, but still, the Bible says that they are just uh, fellow servants as we are, as Christians are. And they're uh, still a created being. And God is the, is the focus. And this angel is doing God's work. And there's a lesson for us too. No matter how big and how powerful and how much influence an individual has, you're no different than anybody else. In God's economy, you're just uh, somebody else to, to serve him. Okay, not that People are nothing. We're not saying that. Just uh, nobody elevates themselves up above somebody else. The world does that all the time, don't they? And religion does that. You see, he has a strong voice. He cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen. Babylon, we believe, is a key word uh, for the particular system that's uh, even moving today and working today. It has its roots in Babylon. Um, some say, well, it'll be uh, uh, centered in, in the... Um, in Babylon itself. Well, maybe the political system might be over the land of Shinar or something like that, but the religious system is going to be there where it's been for quite a while already. Um, Babylon has fallen. It's the habitation of devils. Going to become that's just going to be nothing. Uh, every foul spirit and every unclean and hateful bird. That's an awful uh, judgment to be pronounced upon a city, but the city is known for and, and represents um, uh, the, the, all the things that are against God, all the uh, spiritual wickedness and such, and they're on the wrong road. They think they're leading people to salvation. They're not. They're leading people to hell. Verse 3, all nations have drunk of the wine of her fornication. That's a spiritual thing, this system trying to lead people to what they think is the way to God and through idols and through uh, um, other things like this. The, uh, the nations uh, are com uh, compliant and accomplices with this system. I don't know how much that system today has influence upon the kings, but the Bible says it does. And they have influence upon uh, 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 what takes place in, 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 other, in, other, in uh, 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 the politics and such like that. But there's a spiritual fornication and it says the merchants became rich. Now this is a system being set up, the Antichrist system, where he's going to want control of everything. Uh, he's going to have all the 
everything will be his and all shipping and trade and everything, and they'll oversee all this. Well, when communism comes in, it does that too. It takes over, you don't have any private properties, they take that and they have own everything, own everything. You answer to the government and so on and so forth. Just check it out, you'll find that to be true. But the merchants, a lot of merchants, see trade will keep on going, even through the tri tribulation time, through the uh, difficult times that God's going to bring upon this old earth to punish them, basically. But you remember, as God seeks out, he pours out his wrath upon, and the uh, uh, judgments that he brings, the trumpets, and then the vials or bowls, it gets progressively worse. But he, at the beginning, he's... His mercy is still there because the gospel is still going forward. He's warning them. He tells them, "You need to repent. You need to turn away from this." And then he'll, and then he'll pour out some of his uh, 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 wrath upon them, and, and he'll tell them, "You know the difficulties that we have sometimes may may be. I didn't say it, I don't say it is all the time. It may be that the Lord's just tapping us on the shoulder, say, I need to get your attention because you're headed down the wrong road.'" And if you die in your sins, you're going to find yourself in hell awaiting the judgment. That's what the Bible teaches. But if you would trust in Jesus Christ, turn to Him with all of your heart, believe in Him, you'll be saved, you'll be forgiven of all your sins, you'll be made a child of God, and heaven will be your home. When you die, you won't go to hell to wait the judgment, you will go to the presence of God. That's what the Bible says. Jesus Christ is the Savior, God manifest in the flesh. Verse 4, he says, I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, be ye not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not of her plagues. Now this is a strange verse and hard to understand it in the midst of it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Back in chapter 14, we saw where there was a removal of the people off the earth that came through the trumpet time, and he would have got saved at that time. And he's saying, Come out of her, my people. So does that mean there's more people got saved? Or... I'm just not sure how to look at this. Is he talking about the Jewish people or the saved at that time, perhaps? Also, we can take that as an application and a warning today if you're caught up in the system, if you're caught up in religions that say that salvation is through some kind of a work system or some kind of an idol or some other thing like that. Biblical salvation, biblical Christianity is only through faith and belief in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life no man, that's no one, comes unto the Father but by me. End of story. It's done. There it is. Jesus Christ is the Savior. God manifest in the flesh. God came to this earth because God loves us. He went to the cross of Calvary to be a sacrificial lamb, suffered on that cross, died on that cross, was buried in the tomb, rose from the dead on the third day to show that he indeed is the Son of God. And that sin has been paid for, and death has been defeated. That's why he rose up. Some of the reasons why he rose from the dead. Very simple. And now the Lord holds his hand out to anybody, anybody, no matter what you've done. Trust in my son Jesus Christ, he says, and I will forgive you. He paid the price and the punishment of all your sins. Accept that. You won't have to go through it, you see. Let's get back to this. Another voice from heaven, come out of her, my people. Uh, to come away from it. There's the mercy of God again, just uh, saying to people, look, it's going to get a lot worse here. You need to get away, get away, get away. Be not a partaker of her sins. Some think that it's all right to bow down to idols, to set up other individuals as uh, 
um, ones that are co-redemptors or redemptors or whatever. Jesus Christ is the Savior. You can't bow down to idols and you can't set somebody or something else up. That's just foolishness. Verse 5, look at it says, For her sins have reached unto heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Nobody gets away with anything. Countries don't, cities don't, people don't. God will deal with it. Sometimes you see that some of these characters, we were thinking the other day, some of these uh, <clears throat> politicians that have been caught in all kinds of scandals and things like that, say, and nothing happens. They're not going to get away with it. They're going to stand before God sometime, and He will mete out judgment, and it will be terrible for them. It will be very terrible for them. It says in verse 5, that the sins have reached unto heaven. It's recorded. It's seen. Those things you do, the things that people do are seen. God knows all things. For the saved people, for those that have trusted in Jesus Christ, God does not remember sin. He chooses to forget your sins. Verse 6 says, Reward her even as she rewarded you. And double unto her, double according to her works. Down through history, there's been a persecution of born-again believers burned at the stake and all kinds of horrible things. And there's books written on it. Fox's Book of Martyrs is a, a, a hard thing to read, but it's just what took place. God says, you've done this. You've led the nations astray. Your you're, you're fornication, your spiritual and physical, and the blood of the saints and martyrs, and the cup which she has filled, give her double. She's going to pay back in big time. There's a... Um, uh, Reward her double according to her works in the cup which she had filled to her double. There's a verse back in Psalm 75, verse 8, and I'm going to read that to you. It says, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red, it is full of mixture, and he pours out of the same, but the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. There is a cup. And back in... Uh, Oh, I forget, is it chapter 14? I think it was chapter 14. Um, verse 10, I believe, I can't remember. It talks about the, there's a cup in the hand of the Lord, the cup of his indignation. God is merciful, you know, and it takes a lot to get him uh, to act on things like that. Uh, but he will. But even when he starts to do that, he gives space to repent. Back in the... Um, letters to the seven churches he gave this Jezebel says I gave her space to repent but she would not if you're watching this today and you've never uh, trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior if you were to die today you're 100% sure that you go to heaven or not if you're unsaved you've never trusted in Christ you need to do that you need to come to him with all your heart it's not some magical incantations it's from your heart and God knows the difference Verse 7, it talks about how much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. The wording there, to live, live deliciously, while the rest of the world at this particular time is going through wars and famines and plagues and things. These characters in the higher end, the political system and the religious systems, are living deliciously. She said in her heart, I am a queen. I sit a queen and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Oh, you want to bet? 
Back in Jeremiah 44, now you write this down, you check it out. Jeremiah 44, verses 15 to 19, is talking about when the Israel, the Jewish people, had gone away from the Lord, and one of the things that they were doing were baking cakes and burning incense to the Queen of Heaven. Jeremiah 44, verses 15 to 19. Well, that's idolatry. Today, there's some that call up Mary the Queen of Heaven. That's not right. She's not the Queen of Heaven. In fact, you go back to Jeremiah, and God punished the Israelites, the Jewish people, his own people, for that. Okay? He says, come out of her. Come out of that. Verse 8, Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine. This is pretty hard stuff, eh? But uh, that's what it's going to be. The principle of sowing and reaping. You will reap what you sow. And this system... This religious system will reap the wrath of God. The plagues in one day, that means they'll come quickly and be burned with fire. There'll be the judgment right there. In verse 9, the kings of the earth will bewail and lament. There again, you see, you have the people, and these characters set themselves up above. You have that political system and the bankers and all those that get rich and everything else and the religious systems that sit up there and take your money and everything and rule over people and all that. Things don't change, do they? It's like that today. It's going to be like that even more so at the end of things. But they're going to be wail. They're going to lament because of the fear of the torment that will come upon this, uh, this system. In one hour, be destroyed. Verse 11 talks about the earth's uh, merchants. Merchants will weep and mourn. You hear that? The merchants, those that buy and sell, they'll weep and mourn because their system where they made money will be gone. You look at things today, um, there's so much of a, uh, you know, the, in the politics and in the religion, it's just for money, for money, for money. And they're bringing things upon people just for money, to subjugate people, to rule over them for money and power. The earth's merchants will weep and they will mourn because nobody's buying their stuff anymore. The love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. Verse 12 and 13 lists merchandise, some of the merchandise that they dealt with and such. But I just, rather than read it all, you read it yourself sometime, verses 12 and 13. I want to point out to you two things in here. You notice it starts with gold at the top. The, the most desired precious metal, gold, there it is. Uh, uh, very, a very common thing in, in, in wealth and such like that. The merchandise of gold and silver, okay? But then look at the end of verse 13. It says, and chariots and slaves and the souls of men. Now note how it goes from gold down to the souls of men. Souls of men at the bottom of the list. You mean to, me you mean to tell me they're selling people? Well, if you take a religious system that, that thinks and tells you that they're the way to salvation and so on and so forth, when they don't follow this Bible, that they have a works-based system, they have idols and other, everything else set up. They're not looking after your soul. Your soul is just a, a means to them of making more money. In fact, they'll sell salvation to you for a dollar. Yep. This is how their system, these religious systems, view money and soul. Everything for a dollar. Souls are nothing. 
to them. To the, to the wealthy, to the bankers, to these systems that set up above us, to the Antichrist in the end, to the political systems, maybe even in today, the regular guy is not represented as he's supposed to be represented. They just live and do their thing. Money's everything, and souls are nothing. They're good at making money. They're no good at saving a soul because they don't know how. Verse 14, the fruits of the, and the fruits of thy soul lusted after, and the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all things which were dainty and goodly were departed from thee, and so on. He just keeps on going and going. He, he uh, paints for us a very grim picture, and it just goes on and on and on to talk about how, uh, how wrong they were and how much he's going to punish them and such. But there's a point to this here. There's two sections in this chapter. We're just, the first section, we're just coming near to the end of the first section. Verses 15 and 16, And the merchants say, Alas, alas. I'm pretty sure that's the same word um, in, the, in the Greek language, in the original as it was given, as the word woe earlier on. I'm pretty sure it's the same word. Uh, I think that's the expression there. The city, clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and gold and precious stones and pearls, while people are starving. And it's not funny. I mean, it's ridiculous. These religious systems, and how, how dumb are people to follow these systems and things that are set up, and they have so much wealth. And they just take it and take. We're going to answer to God. Here's the answer in the tribulation time when God pours out his wrath upon them. Verse 17, in one hour the cities come to nothing. If the merchants are, are mourning and, the, and, the, and the, the shippers and all those that are involved in the transportation of goods and they're, they're mourning, in verse 19, they're casting dust upon their heads and they're all sorrow, sorrow and sorry for this. They're not sorrow for, sorry for anything else. But we know absolute sorrow and weeping from the people of the earth for the things that God is destroying. These are the same people who cursed God earlier on for the plagues that God brought upon them to get their attention that they would turn away from their sins. But they refused to acknowledge them. So you have from verse uh, 1 to verse uh, 19, you have a description of this city being destroyed, this religious system is going to be destroyed, it's going to be gone. And the people of the earth mourning because this system, this religious system, this, this uh, system of the false prophet and such, get all, uh, all the merchandise that was uh, bought and sold and the money that was made and everything, and they're all crying about it because it's gone now. Note the weeping and wailing of those on the earth. The same ones that cursed God when they tried to get their attention with other things. Verses 20 to 24 is the second section of this chapter. We notice the opposite reaction from heaven as the scene now shifts from the earth to heaven. Let's have a look. In verse 20, rejoice over her, thou heaven. Rejoicing in heaven over this Destruction and the end of these wicked things. They're, they're coming to an end. They're done for. 
Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. Who was it that killed, uh, uh, killed the, uh, um, even the, uh, the apostles, the followers of Jesus Christ, the ones he sent out, Paul and Peter and the rest of them? That system, that thing, they just continue, continue to offend God, and he says, enough's enough. Now, when he says here, the uh, apostles and prophets, if you're writing things down, write down uh, Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. When the fifth seal is open, you see the souls under the altar that were slain for the word of God. Um, now, they asked, Lord, how long until you avenge us? Because they were put to death from these religious systems. And now God is going to pour it out upon them and he's going to avenge them. But in heaven, they said, they're rejoicing in heaven. The earth is mourning, but in heaven it's just rejoicing. Which would you rather be with? Which crowd do you want to be with? <laughs> yeah, dumb question, eh? Yeah, some people would rather, they'd rather die than accept Christ. They'd rather die than humble themselves before God. That's really sad. Verse 21, um, and a mighty angel took up a stone. You can picture it now. A mighty angel picks up, picks up a stone like a great millstone. You know, a millstone is one of those big, flat, round stones. But he picks up this huge stone, and he casts it into the sea, throws it, and it goes kerplunk. It would be more than that, wouldn't it? Be this huge stone making a really enormous uh, uh, splash and effect, and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus, with violence, shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more. Okay? The city that sits on seven hills. Rome sits on seven hills. Rio de Janeiro, they say, sits on seven hills. But Rio de Janeiro is, has not, is not known for the persecution and killing of Christians and so on and so forth. But he says, with violence, it's going to happen. It's going to be destroyed very quickly right there. Okay? Very quickly. A violent end, an absolute destruction. In verse 22 talks about there'll be no, no music, no good things, no musicians will be heard there. There'll be no craftsmen. There'll be no business. Only the habitation of devils is what it will be in darkness. No light, no brides, no bridegrooms, no weddings, no rejoicings, nothing. Done. Gone. Finished. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, the rich, the elite, the globalists, the politicians, the rich guys that want to, uh, you know, do what they can do, the bankers. It's all done. They're all gone. For by thy sorceries, the sorceries are simply witchcraft, ungodly practices, through their lies and deceptions, all nations were deceived. You look at things going on today, they're setting up, they're ramping up, making a way for this system of Antichrist to begin and come in. So there's got to be some deception somewhere because the Lord says that's one of the key things you'll find in the end times. That's how these things move. That's how they move through. That's how people f follow them and fall into it. It's deception. The coming global uh, uh, religious system, political system, economic system, it's a deception. It's a deception over the people of the earth. Be wise. In verse 24, 
and in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and all that were slain upon the earth. So he takes that whole chapter there, those whole 24 verses to describe, and then there was some in chapter 17 as well. You can see from these things what God thinks about these things that are against. You know, we have in our, our town, we have a little town, there's all kinds of churches and religions all around about. God says there's, there's one, there's Jesus Christ as his son. He sent him to the cross. He's the way. What's all this other stuff? Well, they're deceived. They're deceived. The Bible is the word of God. Jesus Christ is the Savior. Is God manifest in the flesh. Don't be deceived. Found in her the blood of prophets and of saints and all the slain. God's people were killed. Wars were fought for some kind of benefit. Somebody makes money and so on and so forth. But it's going to all be done. It's going to all be done. There's going to be some difficult times ahead to get through the difficult stuff to get to the end of it. Chapter 19 we have, we see the Lord Jesus coming back to the earth. You read that, we'll have a look at that next week, okay? But uh, read through this and take those notes, or those uh, references and, and, and cross-reference them and have a look at those. And uh, read this through several times. you see the end of it and he's wrapping it up. The most important thing to know is, well, Jesus Christ is your Savior. Accept Him. And if you've accepted Him as your Savior, you need to rejoice. And if you haven't, you need to be shaken in your boots. I don't mean to be smart or anything, but that's what's coming down the road, folks. God is going to pour out His wrath on this world. It's ungodly. If anybody to say it's not ungodly, they, they've been, they're living, living, in a, living somewhere under a rock or something. It's a wicked world. Anyway, we have to stop. And thank you very much for uh, your attention. Um, Lord bless you, and we'll see you uh, next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.